Chapters forty-five to forty-seven of Tristram Shandy, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Julie from Valiam. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentleman, Volume Two, by Lawrence Stern. Chapter forty five. Is it not a shame to make two chapters of what passed in going down one pair of stairs? For we are got no farther yet than to the first landing, and there are fifteen more steps down to the bottom, and for aught I know, as my father and my uncle Toby are in a talking humour, there may be as many chapters as steps. Let that be as it will, sir, I can no more help it than my destiny. A sudden impulse comes across me. Drop the curtain, Shandy. I drop it. Strike a line here across the paper, Tristram. I strike it. And hey, for a new chapter. The use of any other rule have I to govern myself by in this affair. And if I had one, as I do all things out of all rule, I would twist it and tear it to pieces and throw it into the fire when I had done. Am I warm? I am, and the cause demands it. A pretty story. Is a man to follow rules, or rules to follow him? Now this you must know, being my chapter upon chapters, which I promised to write before I went to sleep, I thought it me to ease my conscience entirely before I laid down by telling the world all I knew about the matter at once. Is not this ten times better than to set out dogmatically with a sententious parade of wisdom and telling the world a story of a roasted horse, that chapters relieve the mind, that they assist, or impose upon the imagination, and that in a work of this dramatic cast they are as necessary as a shifting of scenes with fifty other cold conceits enough to extinguish the fire which roasted him. Oh, but to understand this, which is a proof at the fire of Diana's temple, you must read Longinus. Read away. If you are not to jot the wiser by reading him the first time over, never fear, read him again. Avicenna and Lysitus read Aristotle's metaphysics forty times through a piece, and never understood a single word. But mark the consequence. Avicenna turned out a desperate writer at all kinds of writing, for he wrote books de omnis scribbly, and for Lysitus, for Tunio, though all the world knows he was born a fetus, Ce fut tout nettoie pas plus grand que la paume de la main, mais son père, l'ayant examiné en qualité de médecin et ayant trouvé que c'est toi quelque chose de plus qu'un embryon, le fit transporter tout vivant à Rapallo, où il le fit voir à Jérôme Bardi et à d'autres médecins du lieu. On trouva qu'il ne lui manquait rien d'essentiel à la vie, et son père, pour faire voir un essai de son expérience, entrepris d'achever l'ouvrage de la nature et de travailler à la formation de l'enfant avec le même artifice que celui dont on se sert pour faire éclorer les poulets en Égypte. Il instruisit une nourrice de tout ce qu'elle avait à faire 
et ayant fait mettre son fils dans un four proprement accommodé, il réussit à l'élever et à lui faire prendre ses accroissements nécessaires par l'uniformité d'une chaleur étrangère mesurée exactement sur les degrés d'un thermomètre ou d'un autre instrument équivalent. Vide Michel Giussignane Nelli Scrittori Liguri 223-488 On aura toujours été très satisfait de l'industrie d'un père si expérimenté dans l'art de la génération quand il n'aura pu prolonger la vie à son fils que pour quelques mois ou pour peu d'années. Mais quand on se représente que l'enfant a vécu près de quatre-vingt ans, et qu'il a composé quatre-vingts ouvrages différents, tout fruit d'une longue lecture, il faut convenir que tout ce qui est incroyable n'est pas toujours faux, et que la vraisemblance n'est pas toujours du côté de la vérité. Il n'avait que dix-neuf ans lorsqu'il composa « Gono psychanthropologia di origine animae humanae » Les enfants célèbres, revus et corrigés par M. de la Monnois de l'Académie Françoise. Of no more than five inches and a half in length, yet he grew to that astonishing height in literature as to write a book with the title as long as himself. The learned know, I mean, his Gonosac Anthropologia upon the origin of the human soul. So much for my chapter upon chapters which I hold to be the best chapter in my whole work, and take my word, whoever reads it, is full as well employed as in picking straws. Chapter 46 "'We shall bring all things to rights,' said my father, setting his foot upon the first step from the landing. "'This, Trismegistus,' continued my father, drawing his leg back, and turning to my uncle Toby, was the greatest, Toby, of all earthly beings. He was the greatest king, the greatest lawgiver, the greatest philosopher, and the greatest priest and engineer, said my uncle Toby. In course, said my father. Chapter 47 And how does your mistress, cried my father, taking the same step over again from the landing, and calling to Susanna, whom he saw passing by the foot of the stairs, with a huge pincushion in her hand. "'How does your mistress?' "'As well,' said Susanna, tripping by, but without looking up, as can be expected. "'What a fool am I,' said my father, drawing his leg back again. "'Let things be as they will, brother Toby. "'Tis ever the precise answer. "'And how is the child, pray?' "'No answer.' "'And where is Dr. Slop?' added my father, raising his voice aloud and looking over the balusters. Susanna was out of hearing. "'Of all the riddles of a married life,' said my father, crossing the landing in order to set his back against the wall, whilst he propounded it to my uncle Toby, "'of all the puzzling riddles,' said he, "'in a marriage state, of which you may trust me, brother Toby, there are more asses' loads than all Job's stock of asses could have carried.' There is not one that has more intricacies in it than this, that from the very moment the mistress of the house is brought to bed, every female in it, from my lady's gentlewoman down to the cinder wench, 
becomes an inch taller for it, and give themselves more airs upon that single inch than all their other inches put together. I think rather, replied my uncle Toby, that is we who sink an inch lower. If I meet but a woman with child, I do it. "'Tis a heavy tax upon that half of our fellow-creatures, Brother Shandy," said my uncle Toby. "'Tis a piteous burden upon them,' continued he, shaking his head. "'Yes, yes, tis a painful thing,' said my father, shaking his head too. "'But certainly, since shaking of heads came into fashion, never did two heads shake together in concert from two such different springs.' "'God bless! Deuce take em all!' said my uncle Toby, and my father each to himself. End of chapters 45 to 47